Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. So great to have you here with us on this Tuesday. My name is JJ Jackson. I'm the host of this program. Lockdown Blue Devils is a daily podcast around Duke athletics. On today's show, Chris Edwards joins our program. He is the play-by-play voice of Duke women's basketball and baseball on the Blue Devil Network. He also was the play-by-play announcer this past weekend for a couple of the men's basketball games. We'll talk about that with him all on today's show. If you haven't done so already, I would encourage you to take this time to follow our show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Be sure to follow and subscribe Locked on Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcasts as you'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each and every day. Take this opportunity to leave us a five-star rating and review as well on the Apple Podcast platform. It means a lot when you take the time to do that. Let's get into our conversation today with Chris Edwards here on Locked on Blue Devils. Welcome back into Lockdown Blue Devils here today. My name is JJ Jackson, and I'm so excited to bring on a good friend of the program, Chris Edwards from the Blue Devil Network, as here we are in the start of basketball season, off and running, and so I figured Chris would be a great guy to chat with here early in the week on Lockdown Blue Devils. Chris, how are you, friend? JJ, always good to be with you. Thanks for having me on. I feel like we've done this a lot now, so I don't know. Am I like the the most? You see what I'm trying to say? Am am I the one that is like, do I have the record for most appearances? You're up there for sure. You're up okay. there for sure on Lockdown Blue Devils. You do a great job. That's why I got to keep bringing you back. Like you do so much great work. I'm like, I need well, this guy back on the program. You're definitely scraping the bottom of the barrel, but uh, <laughs> happy to be on with you again today. So here we are in basketball season, a couple of games in, and you do play-by-play work with the women's basketball team, of course. You've already been in Cameron for a number of men's games as well, so mm-hmm. plenty of things to discuss. But right before basketball season got started, I had a chance to catch up with David Shoemate, of course, doing football and men's basketball. And I had to let him know, in my opinion, it felt like the women's basketball season and basketball season in general was coming at the perfect time for Chris Edwards because he had just enough time to finish celebrating the Braves winning the World Series. (laughs) Yeah, it was great. It was awesome. Now, I will tell you that uh, it hurt my sleep pattern for a long time, for about (laughs) two and a half or three weeks. Those eight o'clock games that didn't finish till after midnight, they were brutal. Um, But the good news is the Braves won the World Series right the night before or a couple of days before the exhibition season which was great i did the one men's exhibition game against winston-salem state could celebrate the baseball stuff then we had women's basketball start on like, i think a wednesday or a yeah. thursday braves won the world series on a tuesday night it was perfect it was great and now it's all basketball from here until march hopefully late march into april and then we'll pick up a baseball and life is good jj life it is, is good. very good i mean braves country is everywhere it certainly feels like and i'm with you on those late start times and that sort of crazy how late it's awful start those baseball games it's um, awful i'm an old the, man i need my sleep you know and even in the central time zone it's not much better i mean one hour difference but uh no it's 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 wild to see them able to get it done last one when 10 days before I came into the world was the last time they won a world series. So for me, I love getting to experience it Mm -hmm. for the first time. All right, let's talk a little hoops. Now is this women's basketball team three and O on the season so far, a lot of attention so far on the men's basketball team, of course, with it being Mike Krzyzewski's final year being the head coach. It's funny last week on Tuesday, 
Duke's playing up in New York, the women's team in Cameron Indoor. Friday, the women's team goes out on the road so the men's team can occupy Cameron Indoor Stadium. So catch us up to speed on what's been going on with women's basketball. A really fun team to watch for those that haven't had a chance to come out and see them. Blue Devils won again on Sunday. They beat UNCW uh, pretty handily by about 40 points uh, yesterday uh, as we record this here on a Monday afternoon. Uh, This is a really fun team to watch, and I think that it's only going to be a team that gets better, J.J., as the season goes along. Carol Lawson, the head coach, has talked about it all preseason long. You know, The Blue Devils are not going to be – the team now that you're going to see come January or even February, when we get into the meat of conference play, it's going to be a work in progress, right? I mean, to be expected, you've got so many new players. You've got what, five or six, seven, nine new players on the team this year, a lot of transfers, and they're still learning how to play with each other. It was only a five week period of preseason where these players got to interact with one another, where Kara got to be with them and instruct them. So it's definitely a work in progress. I think you're seeing some of the returners really step up their game. Look at Mila Goodchild. She had 18 points against UNCW. You look at some of the newcomers, been really impressed with Lexi Gordon, Celeste Taylor, or they can really play. Elizabeth Balagoon has been a really impactful player for the Blue Devils playing that hybrid four position. She can go out and be kind of a bigger guard or go down and body up down in the post. She's been really impactful, can step out, hit those mid-range jumpers. Duke's been playing some really good defense, too. I I think they forced over 20 turnovers a game for the first couple games of the season. I mean, this is a team that's going to get after it on both ends of the floor. They're going to shoot some threes. They're going to make a lot of threes. They made a bunch yesterday. They're over 30 made three-pointers in their first three games of the season. That's a school record, which is crazy. You think about all the great shooters that Duke women's basketball has had in their history. So, yeah, it's a team that is going to be a work in progress. They're fun to watch. They're going to be challenged in the non-conference. I mean, Duke's got a really challenging game against Alabama coming up in uh, Sunday against down in Fort Worth as part of the Maggie Dixon Classic. Then the Blue Devils get a couple of games next week back at home, sandwiched around the Thanksgiving holiday. And then, man, it is a heavy dose of really good teams after Thanksgiving. You have Troy, a team that's really going to compete in the Sun Belt. You have them the Sunday following Thanksgiving. And then, hey, guess what? Iowa in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, they're a top 10, top 15 program. Oh, by the way, in mid-December, you also have a game against the top-ranked team of the reigning national champions from a couple of years ago in South Carolina. I mean, look, Don Staley's club is really good. That's December 15th in Cameron. We're going to learn a lot about this Duke team over the next month, month and a half. And look, if they take some lumps or manage to, to lose a couple of games, even if they win games, and Kara talked about it in the postgame yesterday, you'd rather win lessons through winning than losing, right. right? You want to learn those lessons in victory. But look, you're not going to go through a season perfect. I think we all understand that. But it's about getting better. This team, it gets better every time I see them on the floor. So I'm excited about the future. I'm excited about what's going to happen later this year. I'm excited about next year and the year after that. I think this is a program that's set up in the really great direction. And there's no better person to be leading this program than Carol Lawson. A message from the coach is something that is always interesting going into a season. And you're right, no better person to lead this program than Carol Lawson. What has her message been about the Stoop team? You mentioned a whole lot of newcomers. What has been the biggest thing that you've heard her talk about? Is it offense? Is it defense? Is it chemistry coming together? Like, what's the one thing that she may not only be preaching to her team, but to the outside world as well about Duke women's basketball? Yeah, I think it's defense, JJ, and that's been kind of the focal point of our conversations pregame and postgame the last couple of games is putting together more quality defensive possessions. I mean, Duke did that against Dayton last Friday in that second win of the season. Look, Dayton is a really, really good team. They're picked to win the Atlantic 10. They're probably going to win the Atlantic 10. They've made the postseason 14 consecutive years, whether that be the NCAA tournament or the right. WNIT. That's a really good basketball team that the Blue Devils, they had to fight. I mean, they were they were up 12. 
then they were down by two, then they were up nine, then they were tied. They won by 14 points. Some of that was late, some free throw shoot, shooting down the stretch, sure. But the Blue Devils held Dayton, I think, to four or five points over the last five minutes of that game. So that's something that Kara really excited about. I think if you ask her, they played better defense against Dayton down the stretch, played some really good defense yesterday. UNCW in the first half of the game on Sunday, no assist. How about that? Tells you how good that Duke defense has been. And she said in the pregame yesterday that if you're a good team, you got to be able to follow up that game against Dayton. That's a quality road win. That's a RPI, a net right. win, a re resume boosting, whatever you want to say. But you have to follow it up not just by winning the game, but being impressive and winning the game on Sunday against UNCW. I think Duke did that. Those are the nuances that I don't think people think about when you talk about basketball. Now, now this team, after playing three games in six days, a chance to get back at it, get into the lab, as they say, work on some things after the first week, and then get ready for a really challenging Alabama team later on this week. And then you look at the two games around Thanksgiving, Appalachian State, Troy, tell you what it's going to be an interesting next couple of weeks we'll learn a lot as we said about the blue devils but to answer your original question i think it's really the defense that care is focused most on after this first week of the season quick break in the conversation with chris edwards to let you know about some of our sponsors here today for lockdown blue devils want to let you know about net suite net suite this is it the putt to win the tournament if you sink it the championship is yours but on your backswing your hat falls over your eyes is this how you're running your business Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash NCAA. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of the competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Head to NetSuite.com slash NCAA for a special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash locked on NCAA. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. Prize Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers the star players of the Power Five as well as mid major players you might not have ever heard of. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns and even interceptions thrown. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can come up and win 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Make sure you use promo code Locked On, and that promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize pick allows mixed sport entries, as you can combine football, basketball, and any other sport. It's an awesome thing to check out. As also, make sure you use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made up in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON or go to your App Store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Crazy to think about Carol Lawson now going into another season leading the Stuke women's basketball program. A year ago, of course, only played four games 
season starts late because of COVID-19 and then Duke kind of opts out. We're almost there. We're almost to yeah. these first four games of the season. You mentioned going back into the lab and being able to learn from wins. A whole, you enjoy that way more than Certainly. having to look back at film and, and see how things could have gone differently. Duke's hit over 33s through the first three games, a record, a program record yeah. so far, as you said. Lexi Gordon is someone whose name we've seen atop those three-point numbers so far this season. Give us a little bit more specifics on, on some of these newcomers offensively. Yeah, really like Lexi Gordon. <clears throat> Quick release, just a, a pure shot. Kind of the same thing with Celeste Taylor. Celeste can attack you in a bunch of different ways. Uh, Vanessa DeJesus, not a newcomer. She was a rookie last year. Didn't get a chance to see a lot of what Vanessa has been able to do. Been so impressed with her ability to command the offense, to be that floor general for the Blue Devils. She had a career-high eight assists the other night for Duke. Really facilitates well. She rebounds well. Again, goes back to defense. That's something Kara wants everybody to do is play defense. It's a team effort. Rebounding is a team effort. She mentioned that in the pregame yesterday. Said that we've got to be able to get rebounds from all five players on the floor. Uh, Amani Lewis, really good rebounder. She sparked Duke a couple of different times this year. Came off the bench in the first game of the season against Winthrop and had, I think, like 14 or 16 points in the second half. Something very similar yesterday. Had eight or nine rebounds. Really just a, a, a spark of energy for Duke. She's a Wisconsin transfer. Two-time second-team All-Big Ten selection. Uh, Amaya Finkley-Gwitting, the transfer from Syracuse, has been really impactful as a post player for the Blue Devils. I mean, the list goes on and on. Also, Cheyenne Day-Wilson, who's a rookie. She's a, a freshman out of Canada. Boy, she's been so dynamic for the Blue Devils. <laughs> a nice backup for Vanessa DeJesus. We've seen them in the on the game together a couple of times for a few minutes there to take Vanessa or Cheyenne off the ball, ever how, what, ever how the Blue Devils want to do it. She came down and hit eight straight points against uh, Dayton in the first half of the game on Friday. She's commanding the offense, too. I, I think you, you look at this team, it's hard to not like this team and fall in love with the ability that, that Duke has to, to beat you in a bunch of different ways. They can go inside. They can run. They can hit the three. I mean, there's a lot of things that the Blue Devils do that are going to cause a ruckus in the ACC. Today's podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. We're back at Better Than Ever, a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your sports. Bet online where the game starts. Crazy to think about Carol Lawson now going into another season leading the Duke women's basketball program. A year ago, of course, only played four games. Season starts late because of COVID-19, and then Duke kind of opts out. We're almost there. We're almost to yeah. these first four games of the season. You mentioned going back into the lab and being able to learn from wins. A whole, you enjoy that way more than Certainly. having to look back at film and, and see how things could have gone differently. Duke's hit over 33s through the first three games, a record, a program record yeah. so far, as you said. Lexi Gordon is someone whose name we've seen atop those three-point numbers so far this season. Give us a little bit more specifics on, on some of these newcomers offensively. Yeah, really like Lexi Gordon. <clears throat> Quick release, just a, a pure shot. Kind of the same thing with Celeste Taylor. Celeste can attack you in a bunch of different ways. Uh, Vanessa DeJesus, not a newcomer. She was a rookie last year. Didn't get a chance to see a lot of what Vanessa has been able to do. Been so impressed with her ability to command the offense, to be that floor general for the Blue Devils. She had a career-high eight assists the other night for Duke. 
really facilitates well. She rebounds well. Again, it goes back to defense. That's something Kara wants everybody to do is play defense. It's a team effort. Rebounding is a team effort. She mentioned that in the pregame yesterday. Said that we've got to be able to get rebounds from all five players on the floor. Uh, Amani Lewis, really good rebounder. She sparked Duke a couple of different times this year. Came off the bench in the first game of the season against Winthrop and had, I think, like 14 or 16 points in the second half. Something very similar yesterday. Had eight or nine rebounds. Really just a, a, a spark of energy for Duke. She's a Wisconsin transfer. Two-time second-team All-Big Ten selection. Uh, Amaya Finkley-Gwitting, the transfer from Syracuse, has been really impactful as a post player for the Blue Devils. I mean, the list goes on and on. Also, Cheyenne Day-Wilson, who's a rookie. She's a, a freshman out of Canada. Boy, she's been so dynamic for the Blue Devils. <laughs> a nice backup for Vanessa DeJesus. We've seen them in the on the game together a couple of times for a few minutes there to take Vanessa or Cheyenne off the ball, ever how, what, ever how the Blue Devils want to do it. She came down and hit eight straight points against uh, Dayton in the first half of the game on Friday. She's commanding the offense, too. I, I think you, you look at this team, it's hard to not like this team and fall in love with the ability that, that Duke has to, to beat you in a bunch of different ways. They can go inside. They can run. They can hit the three. I mean, there's a lot of things that the Blue Devils do that are going to cause a ruckus in the ACC. I can't wait to talk about women's basketball all throughout the women's basketball season with you again. Chris Edwards joining us here on the program. He is the play-by-play -play voice of Duke Women's Hoops on the Blue Devil Network. You had a busy weekend, Chris, when you think yeah. about the fact that on Friday you're in Ohio. Saturday, you know, transportation's amazing. You're back inside Cameron Indoor for a men's basketball contest and then Sunday of course another Duke women's game so uh you're you're off in full swing we're in full season yeah, basketball mode already three games in three days four <laughs> games overall last week and then Sunday finished up uh eight events in 11 days crossover season it's awesome it's, it's great amazing yeah I mean I love blessed, it blessed to be in that position like it's so cool to listen to you and what you got going on so I want to talk a little men's basketball though because you got a chance to be in Cameron as we said on Saturday back-to-back -back game for the men's team playing Friday versus Army and then Saturday versus uh, Campbell. What did you think of the men's game? Uh, a couple things. I think uh, Campbell's really good, number one. I mean, they are really, really good. They're veteran. They returned 99% of their offense from a season ago. They got to the Big South Tournament Championship game. Wow. That's going to be a one-bid league most likely. Campbell and Winthrop are the two teams in that league that I think you're, you're probably thinking one of those teams is going to win the league. Um Campbell picked to win their division, went through, picked to win their sides. But anyway, Campbell's really good. So take nothing away from Campbell. They were ready to play. They were a game opponent. They slowed the game down. It was a different tempo, I think, than what the Blue Devils had faced. There were some similarities to Army the night before. But I think you could tell playing the second night of a back-to-back -back in less than 24 hours, it's tough for anybody. Uh, John Roth and I talked about it during the pregame show uh, before the game on Saturday, sort of mimics an ACC tournament for the Blue Devils, you know, where you might play an yeah. afternoon game on a Friday then or a Thursday, then play a semifinal game Friday night. So a, a chance for Duke maybe to get a, a taste of that if they haven't done it before. So, and that's probably the only time Duke's going to play back-to-back -back days, really. Um, but, but I think, you know what, the Blue Devils, they, they had some things that, that were exploited by Campbell. That's a good thing. And, you know, Mike Krzyzewski hasn't won 1,100 games at Duke as the head coach for, for no reason, right? There, there are some good things Duke's going to take out of this and use against Gardner-Webb at home on Tuesday night. So I, I think that the Blue Devils learned a lot about themselves. I think they've now learned they can play really in any style of game that presents itself. I know we talk about that on the baseball side of things a lot with Chris Pollard, the head coach there, that, you know, you got to be comfortable playing in whatever kind of game presents itself. You're not going to be able to get up and down the court and score 80 or 90 points every yeah. single night. You might have to grind out a win. Maybe you have to do it with defense. The Blue Devils did that. A lot in that second half, J.J., I thought it was a Duke defense. 
that got them back into the game. They got stops, consecutive stops, and then started to build upon that. Hell Campbell scoreless for like four straight minutes in the second half to, to open up the game a little bit. Obviously, it helps that uh, Wendell Moore had another nice game with Paulo Bancaro. How much fun is he to watch every single night? That guy can just go and go. Yeah. Uh, and, and Duke's getting deeper, too, and you're seeing some of those young guys really start to find their niche here early in the season. This is a really fun team to watch, and I'm excited to see their journey uh, this year in Cameron and, and on the road and hopefully to another national championship. We hope so. I mean, Saturday needed a big game from Joey Baker and got it. Yeah. He played over 30 minutes uh, for Joey. And how Baker. about some of those And how about some of those big threes that Baker hit in the second half too? For sure. Amazing, amazing job for him. It obviously had struggled with the shot a little bit for portions of the season a year ago. And I think the bigger story from Campbell was the fact that playing a different style. A lot of people, when you look at the box score, Mark Williams, six minutes. What? Theo John, 10 minutes. Kind of surprised by the way Campbell was playing. But I think Coach K was talking about, hey, sometimes the game dictates, and as you were referencing Chris Pollard on the baseball side of things, that they go smaller and they're still able to win a basketball game. Yeah, there's a lot of Princeton principles to that Campbell offense. And they're veteran. They're older. They know how to run their system. Look, they were without one of their big men who, who everything kind of funnels through in Lasagne. But still, Carolero was really impactful for them. He's one of their leaders. They've got Henderson, a post player whose dad coaches in the NBA. I mean, this is a Campbell team that's got some talent. They've got some experience. Remember, they went to the NCAA tournament a couple of years ago. Remember, Chris Clemens from, from Raleigh, North Carolina, just went off at five foot eight, five foot nine, having all his yep. highlight real dunks. I mean, he's in the NBA in the NBA now. So this is a Campbell program that's no stranger to being on the big stage. So give Campbell credit for giving the Blue Devils a game. And, you know, Duke's going to learn from it. And it's going to be interesting to see how the Blue Devils navigate this stretch of, what is it, like six home games in the next 10 days before the Blue Devils take on Gonzaga there around Thanksgiving. So it'll be an interesting stretch for this team to see who gets minutes in what game and where the Blue Devils can buy some rest over the next week, week and a half. Getting to be in arena, watching the guy play, what's impressed you most about Paolo so far? Everything. I mean, <laughs> there's there's not one thing that hasn't impressed me. I mean, he can step out and hit the three. He can post up and go back to the basket. He's got a pure jump shot. He can play defense. I mean, it's just he's got everything you want out of a guy. And, and he's only a freshman to be, what, 18, 19 years old? Oh, my goodness. Like, that, that guy is phenomenal. I've seen him twice now. And he gets more impressive every single time I see him. It's so much fun to watch, and like that's yeah. the thing, how much better he's going to get throughout the season. Uh, but to be able to dominate the game the way he has already is really impressive. Yeah, and, you know, he didn't come in with the fanfare that Zion did right. you know, or, or, or even Jalil Okafor a few years ago. Like, everyone knows who Paolo is now. And can you imagine if he continues on this trek, the, the, the press that he's going to get? here in the next couple of weeks. I mean, he already got a little bit after the Kentucky game a couple of weeks ago, but now his stock is going to keep rising. So buy low, sell high, buy the stock of Paolo Banquero right now. Tell me a little bit more about Wendell Moore Jr. too. This is a guy that uh, Friday night has a triple-double, third player under Coach K to have one of those impressive feet in the college game to be able to do that. Uh, And then follows it up with another good game versus Campbell. Missed a little bit of time with an injury there, but uh, able to come back in and make some plays. Yeah, you know, I think that's the most impressive thing, J.J., is that he goes down like 10, 12 seconds into the game, and you're thinking, oh, no, like, what's going to happen? I mean, you don't expect that to happen off the opening possession of the game. Duke Duke gets the tip. They go down, miss a shot. Wendell goes down, uh, something with his lower body, it looked like to us. Uh, Then he goes back to the locker room. Next thing you know, he's back on the bench, which is a good sign. Then he checks in and almost has a double-double. I mean, he had a triple-double the night before, gets injured, misses part of the first half, and then almost has his double-double the very next night. Like, you know, we talked about it after the exhibition game with some folks. If he can get six, eight, ten assists a night, 
man, Duke's <laughs> going to be tough to beat. And daggone if he isn't doing that so far. I mean, granted, it's a small sample size, but you talk about a guy that can change the game in so many ways. He can find his teammates. He can call his own number. He had a highlight reel dunk in the game against Campbell where he drove the baseline yep. and went up with the right hand to Tomahawk. He can stretch the defense with that perimeter shot. I mean, he's a nightmare for a lot of teams that Duke is going to face this season. I think a lot of people were, I would say, a little cautious with Duke shooting in the game versus Kentucky, only knocking down one shot from the outside on the big stage. You could tell they practice a good bit in Cameron because this past weekend the outside shot was no factor. For, I mean, they were able to knock down uh, three after three after three, it felt like. Do you think this team overall will be a good shooting yes. team from the outside? Yes, I do. I really do. I mean, they're too good not to. They've got too many shooters not to. I mean, good shooters point. shoot. Shooters, Yeah, shooters may play. Yeah, look. They made a three-pointer in like a 1,023 straight games or yeah. something ridiculous <laughs> like that. Like the last time they didn't make a three was in Hawaii, like in 2000, like 1997 or yeah. something. like Something dumb like that, right? Like probably right before you were born was the right. last time you did not make a three-pointer in a men's basketball game. They are too good not to be a good shooting team. They're going to figure it out. Look, we've played, what, two games, three games of the regular season. Don't hit the panic button. You know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. We're, we're not there. No one's going to get crowned national champions in the next three weeks. No one's going to win or lose the ACC in the next three weeks. It's going to be okay. Just give this team time. They're going to be really good. And you need to come to Cameron and watch because they're electric and the building needs to be electric like it was on Saturday night. Final few moments with Chris Edwards here, the blue devil network on this uh, recording on a Monday, but for a Tuesday locked on blue devil. So uh, later tonight, Duke back in action at home. They've had a couple of days off now from the two back-to-back -back games, and they're taking on Gardner-Webb. Anything that you would like to see out of this Duke team or maybe points of emphasis? I think more of the same. I mean, just, just keep trying to play the game. I, I'm going to be interested to see who gets what minutes. How, how does this game present itself? Do the Blue Devils try to buy some rest here or there when they can, especially with such a busy couple of weeks coming up? I, I don't know that there's anything major that I want to see coming out of it. I mean, you'd like to see the defense maybe ratchet up just a tick more, maybe have another turnover or two. Uh, but other than that, no, I think this team's playing pretty good basketball. They've learned a lot about themselves. And who am I to second guess the guy that's got over 1,100 yeah. wins on the sidelines of Duke? I'm not going to question that guy at all. Heck no. Yeah, a pretty smart decision that you're making yeah. there. He, he's, for, he's, he's forgotten more about basketball than I'm ever going to know, yeah. JJ. <laughs> that's my, I love that. I love that. He, uh, as Duke has now moved up two spots in the AP poll, the number seven team in the country, taking on Gardner-Webb a little bit later tonight. All right, so uh, before we get you out of here, also coming up this weekend, as you said, it is fully crossover season. Chris it is. Edwards, mm -hmm. And uh, you've done a lot of work with Duke women's soccer as they're moving on in the NCAA tournament. Had a couple of things go in their favor on the opposite sides of the bracket with a couple of the larger seeds. I know Auburn in particular uh, dropping over this past weekend. What does the upcoming week look like for women's soccer as they continue to move on as yeah. one of the top national seeds in the NCAA tournament? Yeah, they'll be at home Friday night at Cascadin Stadium. That game will be digital somewhere. I'm doing the game, so it's on the <laughs> it's on the ESPN app somewhere. Yes. Uh, so we'll be there for, for Duke and, and Memphis coming up, uh, I believe, on, on Friday night. I'm getting into some of the prep today as we record this on a Monday. So yeah. we'll know more about Memphis and the Blue Devils and all of that uh, a little bit later on this week. But I tell you what, it's a good draw for the Blue Devils in the second round, a chance to be home Friday. Then you win that, you're home Sunday. You, you win that one over a, a really scrappy third-round team. And then you got a chance to, to maybe get back toward the College Cup again. That's what you start to eye, obviously. But this is a veteran group team. We've talked about it. Robbie Church is phenomenal. His group is awesome. They're deep. They're talented. They can beat you in a lot of ways. 
It's going to be a lot of fun to see this Blue Devil team in action again on a pitch uh, Friday night. If you're in Durham, come on out. We'd love to have you. I know basketball has got a game going on that night, too. But if you're not going out to basketball, come on out and hang out with soccer. It should be a great night. And I cheer on the Blue Devils. What's on your Christmas list for the Atlanta Braves offseason? Well, we started with the Braves. We'll end it with the Braves. <laughs> All right. Um, you got to resign Freddie Freeman, I think. That's, is, mo- is, that's first and yeah, foremost. Yeah. Uh, you got to do that. <laughs> um, probably need to find another outfielder. I mean, there, there's who do you bring back? Who do you right. let go? There's probably going to be a universal DH next year. So what do you do there? Um, would like to see them add another bullpen arm, uh, preferably somebody at the back end. Of uh, course. Will Smith was really good down the stretch. Uh, but would like to see another back end arm just in case, you know, and, and probably uh, one more starting pitcher. Obviously, not going to get all of that if I'm going by list of importance. Freddie Freeman, a starting pitcher, and a bull and a bullpen guy because you can never have too much pitching. There you go, Chris. Thank you so much for the time. We look forward to hearing you on the Blue Devil Network for many many events to come. All right, JJ. Thanks so much for the time as always, and we'll talk soon, my friend. That is Chris Edwards joining us here today on Locked On Blue Devils. Thank you again to Chris Edwards for joining us here on today's program. You can follow him on Twitter at Chris underscore underscore Edwards. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. And be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app as you'll get the latest episode of Locked On Blue Devils as soon as it's available each and every day. Check out the Locked On ACC podcast with Candace Cooper so that you can get a full breakdown of everything going on in the Atlantic Coast Conference. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. My name is JJ Jackson. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you and good day.